0: Today is a brilliant singer songwriter for the band Big Big Train, whose new album Folklore just came out. I'd like to welcome David Longdon. Hey, David, great to speak with you. Hey,
1: Roy, thank you for wanting to do
0: it. You know, it's a long time uh, interest for me to speak with you or, or anybody from the band. I'm a big fan. Thank you, thank you for saying so. So tell me sort of what's going on with you and with the band. I think there's been a lot of great support with the new album and a lot of press and good vibes. Well, tell me in your own words, what's going on with the band right now and and how you guys are experiencing everything.
1: Um, We've released folklore Law um, early on this year and um, we're, you know, we've had really great reviews for that. I've said the support that um, we've had um, from the, the fan base and, and the, the prog community at large has been fantastic. You know, so there's been thankfully a lot of interest in it, which is uh, which is good. So, what's next for us is we are looking to uh, to secure a venue in which we will do live shows for next year, and we're also working on a companion album to Folklore, going to be released just just probably about next April. It was going to be an EP but we've got so much stuff that um we're writing uh, to, to, to uh, uh, for the for, you know for this album it is going to be an album it's not going to be it's going to be it's going to be an album not an EP so it won't be it's it's like a, a companion to folklore. it's not the next big big train album type of thing but it's uh, it's just stuff that uh, it's unfinished business from folklore that we like to get out there
0: so that's we're very busy at the moment very cool uh, we won't have to wait too long for more music so good news there you know I, if it's okay i'd like to just get a little bit of of your background a little bit all right well
1: uh i'll try and keep it brief um, yeah. um all my life i've been i've been a musician really and, and i've played in bands from being very very young mainly i started playing um a flute in um in bands when I was a, a sort of a, a young kid with my friends and things like that because so I could I played keyboards and we got a we got a piano in the corner of the room but it, you couldn't really drag the piano around to anybody's house so that's uh, so why I had to play the flute so I did that for a while and then I became a bass guitarist and a vocalist with um some school friends and we formed bands anyway this went on bands went went on I eventually was in a band called The Gift Horse and we had I, I, I managed to get a publishing deal, and as a result of the publishing deal, I met a guy called Gary Bromham, who passed on my details eventually, you know, sort of years later, to uh, Mike Rutherford and, um, and Tony Banks, um, who um, considered me uh, as, as a replacement for Phil Collins when all that was going on with the Calling All Stations album. And then I did my, I, made, I made my own album uh, called Wild River. Uh, that came out in 2004, at the same time that I became a father. Uh, and then uh, I had a period where I was uh, be, I was teaching music technology for a while and um, didn't support the family, and um, I I was I wanted to do more work musically um, uh, because you know I, I, I'd always done so and uh, I read an article on the internet with Martin Orford who was a keyboard player in um, IQ at that time, and so I called uh, GEP Records that's Giant Electric P Records which was uh, IQ's record label and um, left a message, a phone message for Martin, telling telling pretty much what I just said to you, uh, giving him a potted history in a few minutes. And um, what happened was um, he, he picked the phone up, he was in the office and he heard me talking and uh, we got speaking and he said to me, well, uh, he's doing it, he's actually considering leaving the music industry, which he went on to do, but he was going to do one final album, which was called The Old Road. And the deal was he said to me well david look if you can sing these songs better than i can you can <laughs> these these are two songs on the album better than i can they'll go on it. Your, your vocals go on the album so i went down to orbit in southampton and uh, met rob Aubrey there on that day he was engineering martin's album and um i did the vocals and he must have liked them because they weren't on the album i'm pleased to say mm-hmm. and that's how it kind of started really rob met me and um he knew that uh, big big train were looking for a singer and the only bit of Big Big Train I heard before joining them was um, a song called "Summer's Lease," which had been released on a uh, uh, as a part of a sampler, like a free CD that you get with a um, with a kind of whatever a quarterly magazine or something like that, or a monthly magazine. And that's the first thing I heard um, by them. So when they sent me the audio stems to record my uh, my well, I I now know that they were parts of the same song. It's parts of the Under Four Yard. But they sent them in, sent them in little snippets, and uh, Greg and Andy said, "Well, just do, uh, do what you think you want to do with them." So um, I did. I I heard them in um, sections of uh, lead vocals and backing vocals, and uh, that's how it, that's how it kind of came to be. I sent them my audio stems back to them, and uh, they liked them, and and they invited me to join the band. And it's kind of gone on from strength to strength, really. So that's how it all started, though. Uh
0: That's interesting with the Genesis story. I, I had heard that, that you were one of the names. I was going to ask you about that and and, uh, and see what the story there was. I found out about the band later. Being in the U.S., it's hard for us to find out about U.K. prog bands and stuff sometimes. It gets easier nowadays with, with the internet being what it is. But uh, English Electric is where I got started with the band and then went backwards a little bit. To me, the albums like The Underfall Yard and, and even the EP Far Skies... Uh, are brilliant and i've come to find they're sort of classics in the in sort of the underground prog movement but why do you think it took till now for really the band to sort of reach what i think is pretty good popularity among the prog community more than it's been i think
1: well it, it took as long as it took really well it's a set it really it's um you know we if we we would have liked it to have been sooner because mm-hmm. so the unfold yard came out in 2009 but it it goes as fast as these things go, and um, when we did the Under Four Yard, the the deal was that um, with uh, Greg and Andy and I was they said, "Well, look, you know, we're not making a lot of money doing this, so we may do this. We will do this album. It will come out. but well, there may be another if we if we can do it, but you know, but certainly the Under Four Yard will, will be made, and then we'd see how we got, went from there." So it wasn't like a, it wasn't like, "Hey, baby, join this fantastic uh, uh, band." Right. <laughs> um, it was. You know they needed a the singer. I I I was looking for a band, so you know we were in the right place at the right time. So it's been gradual. When the good reviews started coming in, the good publicity from the Under four Yard that um, uh, makes everybody kind of raise their game because you know you feel confident that you're doing the right thing. So and then uh, the inclusion of people like guitarists, people like Dave Gregory, um, is a notable musician, and Nick De on the drums. You, when you're working with people like that, the caliber of those mission musicians. It makes you raise your game as well. So it was a combination of us wanting to get better at what we do. And bear in mind, by the time we have got to folklore, there's been an awful lot of development and um, music, music recorded and, and, and released. So it's not. It wasn't the fact that we were dra- uh, dragging our heels and not getting on with it. It's just the fact that it was. Um, it, it we had. To, it, we had to be in the right position to for it to to. Um, happen naturally if you like because it can only go as fast as it can go you know it, it's a you know that's the thing about it you know you can't put these things out and people go oh this is the that the greatest thing since sliced bread if it isn't you know it, and hopefully we like to think that our music has uh, a genuine appeal which it, it certainly does because it's all done on reality there's no big money machine throwing uh, money and thousands of dollars into into big big train you know we do it ourselves and uh, we do it in in conjunction with um with the people like jerry ewing from Pro magazine and people like that who are kind of on board with what we do and um that's how it does it it's so it's it's real you know I and mean, it takes time
0: so moving forward then to when you did the english electric albums uh you know what do you remember about the the writing and recording about that and and i think it sort of sounded like the next step uh, the evolution of the band rather from Underfall yard and songs like east coast racer and things really came out sounding like very massive and impressive tell me about working on that album there were two albums, English
1: Electric Part 1 and Part 2, and then we put them both together with extra tracks as Full Power. So when you talk about the English Electric recordings, um, in my mind, I, I view Full Power as the definitive article of it. Um, all kind of collection of those recordings. Um, we did it, um, let me see, the thing, the big thing about English Electric for me was it was... Uh, uh, For my own journey within it, I was. Um, it, was at, it was at that time when I was in, invited to contribute um, songs of my own into the Big Big Train, which was. Um, it was a good way of working with it because bear in mind, if it's if it's just been one writer, it's one person having to generate stuff, and um, progressive rock music takes time and care, and there's only so much time in a day. So between us, Greg and I can write quite a lot. So. Those uh, for me, that was a those uh, those recordings were, were me becoming um, a writer within Big Big Train alongside Greg because on Fast on on the Yard, that was kind of written before I'd arrived so I came in at the tail end of the recording so I busied myself doing the vocal arrangements on Fast Guy's Deep Time that's the EP in which um, Greg and I learned to write together so on English Electric um, I'm writing songs. Um, specifically for big big train and i'm co-writing with greg and i'm working on big big train music as well like greg songs uh, also um so that was it that's kind of the journey from my own point of view um with english electric what was different about it i suppose by that time uh, we were really gathering momentum as a band and uh, people were interested in us and uh, we got a lot of support we, when we were growing uh, um, uh, a really strong fan base, which we, which we're very proud of, and uh, uh, they're called Passengers, and we have um they have their own uh, face big big train Facebook um community group, and that helps propel and uh, and and support what we do. So there's yeah, lots of things were happening. So uh, it was a time the English Electric recordings. I think were a fantastically ambitious thing when you see it all spread out. Um, um, but we did it bit by bit you know we split it into two halves and then um, added different things it's almost like we go through periods where we th- we um like for example we just we're just doing it on folklore now uh, like i told you we thought we were going to be putting out an ep but no this is it's going to be uh the, ne- the next thing we do it will be uh almost an album's worth well so it will be an album's worth of material in as a companion to the folklore album so that's how we go
0: yeah.
1: But we move on to next uh before we move on to the next, uh, we move, move on to the next album
0: with folklore did you now feel that you had this momentum and now there's pressure to to make something that's really going to going to take it to the next level did it change the approach did it change the timing that you put behind the writing or anything
1: let me see. No is is a short answer to that. Because um, um, bear in mind, we were. I suppose we we, we are aware that um, because the English Electric recordings were so successful, and it had been a long time since we'd had any studio recordings out or an album. Certainly, we put an EP out called Wasail EP a little earlier before the gigs last summer, and. Um, so you never know how it can go. I mean, we may we could have released folklore to, to mass indifference. You know, maybe that's a, those that that time spent away doing those gigs and preparing for the gigs could have the you know the the, the scene could have changed and 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 we maybe we wouldn't have been um, um, as um, highly regarded as we we we, we are. Um, so you never know. You never know with these things. Right. Uh, that that's that's kind of part and parcel of it, really.
0: Uh- when you go through writing especially with an album like folklore which is really based on on specific stories and uh you know how did you find the topics to write about and which ones in your readings do you say oh this is a great one this this one would work for a song like winky or this one would work for song like brooklyn's how do you how do you disseminate what's good and what you want to write about
1: well um greg and i usually have um well, like we're doing now, like long kind of phone calls on Skype or, or whatever, or FaceTime. And uh, we chat about stuff like pretty much like we're doing. And uh, we discuss things. I mean, we've had one today. I mean, that's why I can tell you a little bit about the album thing I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, we we tend to we have these um, obviously um, issues and, and circumstances present themselves as we're, we're going through life. And uh, we chat and we resolve them like pretty much like any like, like anybody else would really. We to say right, okay, that's what we're going to do. But we're quite good at firing um, ideas off of each other. And often we find that we have very similar ideas when, when we'll go away, for example, and think about stuff. And we come back and we've got the same. We have quite similar, um, um, yeah, of similar visions um, about about it, which is great. You know, which means we're we're on the same page and we're going in the right direction.
0: Uh, Going back to again like a song like Winky for example, which is one of my favorites on on the album really just great track fun track Uh, How does a song like that start? Is it the story? Is it the lyrics? Is it um, the opening? uh, Sort of guitar part. How does it go from from beginning to end and become a song?
1: And thank you for what you thank you for your kind words about Winky Winky began when, well, Greg and I, we look at the internet and we read books, and to get anything that we'll learn, kind of sort of think anything that's kind of interesting, but a, bit, a little bit unusual, unusual as well, prefer, preferably. Um, and I, I read about Winky. I, I must have been surfing on the net one day, or so, and I and I found I found this story, and I, I love the name for for, for stop because it's it's quite a cute name, and and uh, it's. Um, it's, it's uh, when you consider what the, the, the bird did, what she did was incredibly heroic and, uh, and uh, whether or not that was uh, ever in Winky's brain one will never know, but uh, the heroism, she probably just wanted to get back to her loft where it's safe and warm, but in doing so she was able to save the lives of the crew. Um, so once you've got a story, um, and you know, it was such a good story. Winky to me was just absolutely irresistible. So on one of our marathon phone calls, I explained the story, I told the story of Winky to Greg and he said, oh, we've got to do it, we've got to do that. So um, I went away and I wrote it. And um, when I'm writing the music, in in that case, in the case of Winky, um, well, you know, you're thinking of, you're telling a story because it's um, very much like an action adventure um, piece of music and it and to be honest it, it harks back to things like the battle of epping forest and the the, the, the you know the, the return of the giant hogweed and those sorts of tracks where uh, a story is being told there's a lot of words in winky and uh, it's a, and it's and they're all, all factual you know they are re- literally uh, recounting the story of what actually happened um so the job of the music with winky was to um illustrate what was happening in in, in, the, in the story for example there's a section called the north sea or North Sea and uh there's a bit where the music sounds as though it's sloshing around you know in this sort of a tempestuous um, tumbling ocean and um and there's another bit where Winky eventually takes to the sky and it goes into six eight and it's on the flute motif sounds like to me to my ear sounds like this little bird amidst all of this Taking off, you know. So it's really just kind of paint, painting with music, sounds, and rhythms. Certain things suit certain parts of the story, so, and that's what it—that's what it was. It was uh, really um, cinematic storytelling, I'd say, Roy. Right?
0: Yeah, I think when you hear the song and you uh, follow the words along and you sort of immerse yourself in it, exactly what you're saying comes across. It—it it all takes you to this place where you're visualizing. What the story is trying to say And it does does very well One of the other things that is uh, impeccable On the album are the string arrangements And some of the openings The opening of Folklore right away sets the tone for the whole album At what point are you working On the string arrangements Are those added on later Are they while you're writing the actual song And, And how much goes into that part
1: it, well uh, obviously a lot of thought kind of each song has they have to they have to work well as an ensemble of songs within themselves as, a, as the running order of an album but but ideally uh, they should also work well individually too that the should be able to stand alone and the string introduction to um, uh, folklore, Really was um, it? It was um, almost like the string parts from the chorus. I wrote I wrote strings in the chorus, so it's you know we go doo, doo, doo. It's just the it's those chords. It's just me taking the theme of the chorus and playing it on. Uh, I played it on uh, a, a synthesizer to demo it, and then Rachel came and then she she with her string quartet and. Uh, recorded the 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 string parts that you hear on the front there so it's just the idea came from the chorus it's the it's a theme taken from the chorus but because it start it starts off the track uh, in isolation just the swell of those strings i wanted it to sound it sounds a bit um a bit crazy or i'm going to tell you i wanted it to sound like england when it starts up you know that kind of almost like um a real lump in the throat kind of sense of home and uh, where we're from and um especially when the brass gets to it as well halfway through it's um that's what i wanted it to sound like i wanted it to sound pastoral
0: yeah no that's that's awesome um another song uh, closing the album the telling the bees is sort of a different vibe than a lot of the other songs with the the acoustic and it's it's kind of a somber story right but very uplifting musically you don't really realize maybe the the sadness in it uh but it's sort of a happy kind of ending uh, you know, talk about writing that song and and wanting to close the album with it.
1: Okay, well, um, telling the bees was written um, in the October of two thousand and fourteen, um, and through that time I was going through quite a, well a particularly rough time in my life, and uh, I I wrote it on a twelve string guitar, and it's capoed up and the tuning is D A D G A D. That's a Dad GAD tuning, and. Uh, this, this riff came out, and it was very, very simple. And I started singing it, and I, I liked the idea of the, the, the storytelling of the bees, and I liked the idea of, of it being a, a folklore tradition where um, it's handed down. And it very much echoed the, the um, lyrics in the song folklore, the idea of passing it on from uh, generation down to generation to generation, these traditional things. And uh, telling the bees is one of those things. And yes, it, it is, it starts off with the um, with um, a young boy discovering that his um, his father's not going to come back from the war, and uh, what happens is he becomes the beekeeper. And throughout the song, he uh, he grows up and uh, he meets this girl called Jenny. Uh, they um, get married and they have a son. And that's all it is. It's just the it's just the story of it carrying on. And it was just I although it's a sad start. Um, it, like you say, there is a there is a, there's a it's a bittersweet song. It's um, there is sadness in there, but there's also joy, and um, uh, you know there, there's that hints in that in the middle section as well. But I wanted it to soar when it hit the middle section with the sly guitar solo, that's, which is beautifully played by Dave Gregory. Um, I wanted it to really kind of soar at that point, and sometimes you know it doesn't have to be all Mellotron's and it doesn't have to be Capes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> time signatures you know I, I'm I'm more than happy to express myself in 4-4 but as my friend once said to me you want to express yourself in in 716 you've probably been drinking too much coffee <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great I love finding out some of these stories with the songs and, and everything and, I, and you know I have, I have to tell you the first time I heard the album um, I just enjoyed it so much and I probably listened to it repeatedly from beginning to end for an entire weekend and uh, I think it's just one of the best albums to come out this year. I really do. Well,
1: that you, actually, I don't think I answered your question properly a little while back. You said, um, did we feel any sort of pressure to, um, to in a sense? So well, that's the way I took it. Um, when we're making Folklore, it didn't feel like there was any... Uh, that we, we were aware that we were making the follow-up to um, the English electric recordings that had been well-received, but we did it in the spirit of we will do what we do. And because we'd... In last summer we played gigs in London and that really galvanised the, the spirit of the band. Uh, the making of the stone and steel DV, uh, DVD, rather, or Blu-ray rather, is um, uh, was a very empowering thing for us. So doing those gigs was a cherry on the cake and the whole of Folklore was recorded after those gigs last summer. So um, it was pretty much written and made in a very short time. But because everybody within the band had um, kind of like, I I, I realised that uh, we all know our place, if you like, on on you know our patch of the band. What we have to do in order to make sure that we all we all we all work efficiently when they're making this, we're making this stuff, and um, that's 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 why it was kind of it was um it was a lovely thing to make. It was a it was a good album to make. It was a positive album to make, and um, you know it, it it was um. It was, I wouldn't say it's an easy thing to make because there's lots of crafts, craftsmanship within it and uh, and deciding uh, how these things are going to be presented but by and large um, we learned so much with doing the gigs and having recorded English Electric and prior to that having done Fast Guys and then you know, it, you know suddenly all this, folklore to me sounds like everything Big Big Train now about making an album in a very condensed single album and that's that's what it felt like and you know, we, like, we like the album. We're very proud of it. And it's, uh, we're, we're very pleased with the way it sounds.
0: I think all the fans are for sure. Um, David, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. It's been a real pleasure to speak with you, and uh, you know, we'll keep supporting the band. We're big fans here.
1: Thank you, Roy. Take care. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Mike.
0: Bye, thank you. Thanks to David for the interview. We're going to close with the title track off of the new album, Folklore. For upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com, follow us on Facebook, at The on Twitter, or download the podcast on iTunes. Thanks.
2: Make the shadows die Music of the word.